Hollywood Insiders podcasts. Do subscribe and feel free to visit hollywoodinsider.com for more. Hollywood Insider is a media network focused on substance and meaningful entertainment while being against gossip and scandal so as to utilize media as a tool to unite and better our world by combining entertainment, education, and philanthropy. Today's episode is titled Bombshell and the Me Too Movement. I'm your host, Britton Ambrose. And once again, we have Leisha and Lena from England who have joined us to compensate on the topic of Bombshell the movie, as well as the Me Too movement. Hi, Lena. Hello. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Are you excited about this movie? I am. I mean, I've been self-isolating. So, yeah, this was a good one to pass my time. Right, exactly. That's why this is so exciting, because people have more options to watch movies like Barbershell, yeah. which is Academy Award nominated, and uh, during the self-isolation for the sake of humanity, humans, and the world. Uh, and I'm going to now introduce Leisha. Hi, Leisha. Hi, everyone. How are you? Good, thanks. Yes, same. Um, self-isolating in my flat in London. Um, okay. So it's good to have uh, different ways to entertain ourselves. <laughs> right, right, right. And uh, the streaming must be off the chart at the moment. So um, what about your other situations? Because the situation in New York and the US as a general is quite bad. Um, there is uh, not as much stuff in the grocery stores. People have been self-quarantining and there's also a curfew. What's it like in London? Yeah, in London too, as of today, no public um, well, pubs, cafes, restaurants, gyms. cinemas, gyms um, are allowed to open. I mean, like it was more under like government advice of strongly recommended advice that we you stay away from these places um, all through this time. So it's been met with a bit of a kind of a criticism backlash because as well and yeah, criticism yeah. because it was it seemed a bit too lenient. Uh, and as of today, it's been enforced more strongly because it feels like until people are told they can absolutely not do something, it seems that the mass public are still, I don't know, feel they're invincible or feel that the rule doesn't apply to them. So it's a little frustrating, I think, to see behaviors of some people that still don't seem to be getting the the, the enormity of, of what we're facing. Right. And that's uh, that's the same situation. I believe, Lena, you live in a smaller town in England. Mm. What's it like there in Kent? Yeah, I mean, it's a similar thing with Folkestone as well, because like our company, again, it's a big employer in Folkestone. And although we've been preparing to work from home and they've been like testing the systems to see if, you know, if the if the systems can kind of manage all the volumes and things for people working remotely. Um, but because the government hadn't said, you know, close the schools, close this, close that, like social distancing wasn't really practiced as much as it should have been done. Right. Um, but now they have enforced working from home and they're trying to ensure that they can set up call center staff with the equipment at home and things. So that's, I think, taking a little bit longer. Um, mm. But for our, all other sort of departments now, yeah, they're working from home and the schools have closed. So, yeah, getting there slowly. But, um, yeah, I think it's just um, everyone needs to take responsibility and just try, try um, as hard as possible just to keep other people and yourself safe by staying in as much as you can right exactly i think the same similar yeah. situation in the u.s people sort of have refused to take it rather seriously they have mm. now but i think it's a little too late 
Yeah, because um, it's some. Yeah, because it's something that you can't see, and the and right. the symptoms aren't obviously, you know, like Instant. black and white. Right. You know, it's just it's just you could be having a common flu. It could be it could be this. It could be that. You know, it could be coronavirus. But I think it's just the fact that you're not obviously readily being tested and everything as well just makes it that much more difficult for people to take it seriously. Right. Luckily, the business of uh, streaming and movies has mm. not necessarily movies, but streaming movies has gone off the charts. And people yeah, at least some world. businesses. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about, let's start with the movie now. Um, mm-hmm. Bombshell is the movie we are going to focus on today. Um, I personally am in love with the movie. I thought it was so well done. Um, Bombshell as a whole, I, uh, I, I'm sure you know, um, Charlize was nominated for an Academy Award. And it was mm-hmm. so rightfully deserved. Her uh, nomination was so rightfully deserved. And in fact, the um, makeup director, Katsuhiro, I believe his name is, and a couple of his colleagues won the Oscar for Bombshell, mm. uh, which can be seen. So let's start with what your initial two to three sentences are on Bombshell as a whole. Let's start with Alicia. Yeah, so, I mean, I really enjoyed the film. I thought it was really gripping right from the start. I felt like it was a very interesting way to start with that straightaway kind of that, um, the the vision of sort of Trump and, and talking about the news uh, when sort of he was running for the presidential campaign about domestic violence or, or domestic rape. Um, so that was gripping from the start. So that set the tone for the, the film. I think it already kind of like made its mark as this is going to be a kind of an unapologetic um, movie, kind of um, sharing things as they happened. Um, so I found that to be quite gripping. I must admit, I had seen the morning show, um, the series, not too, um, not too re- um, uh, long ago. Mm. So I actually felt like there was a lot of parallel between the two. So it wasn't like obviously brand new because obviously these are the sort of B two movement and everything. There's it's been it's been coming. Um, I felt like yeah, a lot of it sort of was reminiscent of actually having seen the morning show as well. Right. What about you, Lena? Yeah. So I hadn't got around to watching the series yet. Um, yeah, I thought it was uh, obviously a very powerful movie. You know, the story itself, um, obviously based on facts and um, also really good performances um, from all the lead characters. And yeah, like Lisha said, I was yeah gripped and hooked from the start and I thought they handled the, handled the whole thing. Yeah, really, um, really well. And um, yeah, all the scenes were, you know, uh, filmed um, uh, in a really believable and real kind of way as well. Right. I think uh, for me, um, right from the start, Obviously, the Me Too movement is so important for the sake of humanity and for the sake of our civilization. And it is the first time in the history of human civilization that we've had such a global movement standing up for women's rights and safety at the workplace and against sexual harassment. Um, there's, a, there's a sound in the background, whoever it is. Um, there's a sound of something moving. Just warning. Like someone's writing something. Yeah. Or like, Are you writing something, Lena? No. Yeah, there's something moving a lot. So just be careful with hand movements. I thought it was I thought it was you using a highlighter or something, like a pen, Pitan, as no, you talk. No, 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 I'm not doing anything. Oh, that's weird. I'm not moving either. <laughs> okay. Just keep the movements. Okay, so going back. Uh, so yeah, the meter movement is so important. You know, the first time in human civilization where the entire 
globe world has united and said, all right, mm. we're going to speak against sexual harassment. And that is the importance of this movie, because not only does it talk about sexual harassment and being against it, obviously. Also, yeah. it talks about, um, again, Me Too falls under that. Also, Fox News and Roger Ailes' power over American people and the world. And mm-hmm. the, peop- the women in Fox News that went through a lot of problems. You know, it, w- it is owned by Rupert Murdoch, um, but under... Uh, during that their tenure at Fox News, all these women went through sexual harassment, not just from one person, but rather a group of people at Fox News, which showed mm-hmm. that this was a systematic thing taking place that had gone unchecked mm-hmm. for far too long. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start talking about Shardis. Um, she blew me away uh, just from the entire performance. We've actually interviewed her and her team and all the other actors and actresses and the director for Hollywood Insider. And uh, I just cannot speak enough of how well she did. I thought it was just off the charts how good she was uh, playing Megyn Kelly, Uh, playing Megyn Kelly, everything from the makeup to the movement to her voice. You know, her voice did not sound like Mm -hmm. Charlize, you know, did not sound (laughs) like Charlize. Uh, The way she emoted, the way she showed strength as well as vulnerability and along with her... um, the way she carried herself. I personally am a huge fan. What did you think, Lena? Um, the same. Like, I mean, I didn't, I didn't know what Megan Kelly looked like because I wasn't. Yeah, you know, I had to go and just watch some of her YouTube um, interviews and things. And yeah, Charlie's basically looks exactly the same and talks exactly the same. So she did a wonderful job there, definitely. Um, yeah. What about yeah, you, amazing. Nisha? Yeah, I thought she embodied that strong personality so well right from the start um i think they throw around the word feminism and feminist um quite a lot um but in the beginning like the way she says i'm not being feminist i'm, I'm a lawyer mm. or something mm. along those lines i think it's already like sets the tone for like what kind of a personality she is as a character there um i felt like the way she carried herself throughout the film was just uh, really like hooking like i don't think mm. Like there is a there's a there's a there's a scene in the film and they're all in the on the in the left all three characters, mm-hmm. um, but I think I was just looking at her. I think she maybe it was her the way she pulls herself, but also the character. I feel like she also kind of in a way overshadowed the other two characters. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's so like she, yeah, she's got that power demeanor. You know, mm. it's like yeah. What about you, Lena? Yeah. What did you think of um, Charlize? Yeah, uh, pretty much the same as what Lisha said and also what I shared already, like, you know, she did an amazing job. I thought, like, you know, her composure, her uh, confidence and, like, the way she portrayed the character was just, yeah, amazing. Yep. The, uh, you know, she's playing a real character and and, and Mm. she's also producing the movie. Charlize is also a producer of the movie. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, she's always been a... I think I first came into... Charlize first came into my hemisphere oh my uh, knowledge bracket when I was a young kid in England and I watched Monster I was Mm. blown away I had not really known about Charlize before that and when I watched Monster I thought okay who is this actress I must see who Mm. played uh, the lead character in Monster and I found that it was Charlize and she looks nothing like the lead character immediately (laughs) she won the Oscar she rightfully won the Oscar for that it was a very Mm. moving performance I think Charlize has, over the years, always given stellar performances, you know, and um, 
this was no different and this was no different whatsoever and it just showed to me exactly how brilliantly one actress can embody someone entirely mm. uh give me one second got to get my charger okay found it these are the bits that are going to be cut off <laughs> clearly yeah. better be <laughs> okay hang on um on my phone i i needed some information i had written some notes down let's phone to mm-hmm. okay so bless you and um by the way the other day I, i was walking on the street to the grocery store and i sneezed and these people mm. ran away from me <laughs> well <laughs> i <laughs> just about took out a pack of tissues the other day and then um last week and a lady sat next to me on the tube moved away right because i took out a pack of tissues i didn't even use it i just took it out <laughs> I just wanted to know that it was there i don't blame her i don't yeah. blame her <laughs> Absolutely. Well, the advice the advice is to stay like 1.5 meters away from someone, but that's obviously virtually impossible being on the <laughs> on the tube. Right. <laughs> Just act crazy, they'll move away. Okay, so let's go back oh. to the story. Um so yeah, so Charlize has always been just a phenomenal with everything that she does. uh not just with for every role you know you can feel her pain you can and she's so good at the painful roles she's so good at the um she what i find from charlize is that she shows power through mm. vulnerability yeah that's mm. a hard one yeah, yeah. and yeah. most people play yeah. powerful 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 they're powerful at mm. every moment but there are f- several actresses who can actually do vulnerability and then show the power within it because when you talk about vulnerable you know most people think okay weak but charlize mm. has had the ability to actually go past all of that and still so some power yeah. the other person that really took um, you know one of my favorite scenes with um charlize is when um she's talking about you know uh, um she says i'm a woman how do you think i got here mm. when she said, yeah. tells uh, margot robbie's character that um mm-hmm. that was that stood out to me there was also other moments when she's talking about you know it's been going on for so long um you know how is he still doing this is he has a walker and they go he mm. has his ways and then there's this one bit where um you know she's she's looking for alliances and she's wondering mm. if mm. other people will show up or not and she decides in that one weak moment or strong moment you know i'm just going to do it and mm. then she goes mm-hmm. my name says w are you saying there are 23 there more there are 22 mm. yeah more women already out there and they go yes yeah Yeah. You know, and that was her uh, calling to okay, I've got to do something more. Uh the other person obviously that stood out, um Gretchen Carlson. Mm. Gretchen Carlson is a real life person that Nicole Kidman portrayed. And yeah. um Nicole was fantastic at what she did as well. What did you guys think of Nicole? Yeah, yeah I thought it was she played it really well. Um mm. she played again um what would come across as seemingly kind of maybe not as strong of a character week but then she shows who really comes into her her own towards the back end of the film um in 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 how she's sort of outsmarted um i guess what would what was posed by the lawyers as well as, as what was going to be quite an impossible mission and i feel like nicole just did that character so much justice right from the scene where she goes on air without makeup to how she confronts the character roger um yeah like i mean again nicole i feel like her eyes are just so emotive um so i really um yeah i really thought that she did an amazing job what about you lena 
Yeah, I really enjoyed her performance as well. I mean, obviously in the film, her character isn't is supposed to be someone that isn't very likable, um, as she says quite a few times as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, she again portrayed the character really well. Looked a bit different, right? <laughs> again, um, and um, yeah, she had obviously done her homework, and she, you know, was the one that kind of. Uh, brought it all together and went um, and did it so you know it's again her uh, kind of strength and bravery kind of you know shown through as well so yeah another strong character but not very obvious right Gretchen Carlson is actually still under uh, NDA and Mm. all sort of contracts so she can't say anything you know so we don't even know her views on the film we have no idea Mm -hmm. Uh, obviously Gretchen but to me um, what's not surprising is that there are so many women at Fox News or every other organization out there that have gone through this, right? The only person yeah. that didn't actually play a real-life person but rather played a, an amalgamation of multiple people at Fox News is Margot Robbie. Mm-hmm. Margot Robbie was enthralling. Um, she played a les- lesbian character and she played almost like uh, multiple different people's amalgamation and I thought she did it quite well as well. You know, and her her chemistry with um, Kate McKinnon was profound. Mm. Yeah, the friendship. Yeah. yeah. Right, Kate McKinnon. Yeah. Are Are you mm. guys aware of Fox News in the UK, or is it not as prevalent as here in the US? I feel like it's only it more prevalent now when we watch things like The Daily Show and Stephen Colbert, like oh, in in light of like. Trump and all the rest of that, and the way that Fox News is pretty much Trump's platform. Right. Um, so I guess more in light since Trump has been president, Fox News has been um, more sort of known in the UK through kind of like um, these um, comedy Other central, American uh, shows. satirical American shows. Yeah. Um, well, we don't really watch Fox News and don't really have that much of um, an insight right. into really how, what goes on. And, yeah. um, but I, I just know at least i guess the portrayal uh, right now as it stands isn't isn't the best in terms of uh, right it's seen as a uh, conservative news platform mm-hmm. uh, again i personally do not have any political opinions on on fox news or any of the other uh, networks we are different mm-hmm. here at hollywood insider where we focus more on the substance and meaningful entertainment mm. and we also focus on um we also against gossip and scandal but mm-hmm. obviously i'm very aware of having living in the US, I'm very, very acutely aware of uh, Fox News and the kind of messaging that can come up from it. Um, I think John Lithgow portrayed uh, Roger Ailes to the T. He was mm. so mm. good. You know, uh, he also obviously is in The Crown. He played um, in The Crown, he played uh, Churchill. Winston Churchill. Yeah. <laughs> I just cannot see anybody else as Winston Churchill other than John mm-hmm. Lithgow. Yeah. So that was one of my favorite parts of that. Um, He he was brilliant. You know, he was repellent in his Mm. role as John Lithgow as Roger Ailes. He was repellent, and that is the power of John Lithgow. Yeah. Also, in the beginning, he comes across quite like fatherly, and I thought that him and Charlie Theron's had a good relationship relationship Mm. going, and all the rest of that. Um, but of course, behind it all, and I think that's what makes it so sinister. Right. Did you, that... So okay, let me get this right. You you guys must have only thought, and that was really well. That means okay, I came into the movie knowing about all these characters, 
So obviously mm-hmm. my perspective on the film is going to be skewed on what I already know about Roger Ailes, yeah. uh, Sha- uh, Megan Kelly, Gretchen Carlson and Fox News. Whereas you guys sort of, you guys did not know who Roger Ailes is, did you? No, 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 no. Okay, I good. haven't really paid attention to it. So okay, yeah. Good. I like that. So that means I can ask you, because when you just said that, I go, wait, what? Hang on. Fatherly. Oh, right. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Most people do not know who Roger Ailes is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because in the beginning, it's about like how he's like, okay, it's fine. Um, he doesn't go off the handle about how she treated uh, the, the sort of, you know, the interview with Trump. Right. Um, he's like, no, we'll make it work. So it seemed like quite a bit of a collaborative effort. Um, but of course, that kind of unfolds uh, into his character and then what he's capable of. And then, yeah. yeah, a bit later on into the show, into the film. When did you, um, when was and, the first moment you realized that? this Roger character is not a good person and how did you feel about it? Um, I think it was actually through um, when, when Nicole Kidman's character is talking to her lawyers um, about how she's been treated at the, um, at the company and then they actually talk about actually taking him down right. uh, as opposed to the, to the, uh, to the whole show. Um, only then it's like, okay, so he's bad. Uh, but then we hadn't really seen it in, in on screen up until that point. Yeah, and um, yeah, like Lisa said, my thing was the same. So in the beginning, obviously, although he seems like this strict kind of person, he was, he did seem like a a mentor and like you know was kind of empowering um, uh, Charlie's uh, character. And I actually liked him in the beginning. Um, and then it's only when yeah, like Nicole Kidman. Kidman's character mentions or he just says oh to get to get ahead you need to give a little head then I was like oh okay this is where it starts kind of thing so yeah I think the character because they don't really show show him doing anything up until that point that um, gives you that impression but obviously because of the film that it is you do kind of think okay that's probably gonna come later down the line but yeah I was was the Nicole's character Mm. I know Roger Ailes is uh, the person that Roger Ailes is quite well. Obviously, uh, I know of him. Mm. And um, he is the person behind um, Fox News. Mm-hmm. Um, he is the person that made Fox News what it is today. Um, so uh, for me, it was incredibly difficult watching those scenes where he, not only he berates these women, but he, the mm. way he talks about Rupert Murdoch and his Rupert Murdoch's son, um, mm. You know, and he really it's them in front of the entire team and his, his team, his posse are just sitting there laughing. And um, also when he finally takes his women to the room and then asks them to do certain things, I had mm. a very, very, it was a trigger for me. Not because I have personally been through something like that, but because before, say, before I was the, before I became the uh, editor-in-chief and CEO of Hollywood Insider, I have worked for other corporations one of the corporation I worked for sometime about two or three years or five years ago, um, I was the president of that company. And um, that company had about 10,000 employees and but 75% of them happened to be women. And as soon as I entered, mm. within the first week, I realized that I must figure out how the women are doing. Now, remember, this was before the Me Too movement. This was 2013, 2014. So because it was before the Me Too movement, my immediate thought was, it's going to be an uphill, uphill battle, but I need to figure mm. out if the women are being respected in this company and they're uh, looked after, as in mm-hmm. their, their, their safety has been made paramount. Within two weeks of talking to all the employees, I realized that sexual harassment is big in that company. 
mm. all these women. And then, so I took a chance to speak on the podium at the annual company day, which was about a week after I got there. And the first thing I said was, you know, my priority for this company is profits. That's the second priority. But my first priority is my employee's safety. And I go, from now onwards, if you would like to have any complaints, if you would like to let me know anything, if someone is harassing you mentally, physically, sexually, whatever it is, come and talk to me. The doors are always open. You do not, you do not need to speak to the secretary. My secretary can just come right through. I don't mm. know if I did the right thing or not, but obviously I did from a caring place. Mm-hmm. I had a wave of women that would come to my office every single day to let me know what they were going through. Mm. I dealt with all these issues. Obviously, I started talking to them and I, mm-hmm. whoever had attended something, I would have to obviously do some background checks and make sure that this actually happened. Um, 95% of the time, it, it had happened. 5% of the time, it was a lie. Mm-hmm. And remember, at that moment, Me Too had not become, there was no sign of a Me Too movement yet. So it was an uphill battle for me to protect them. Because first, I need to have proof. And second, have, have my female employees been attacked or sexually harassed by my employees, my male employees, or by clients? Those are my questions. Mm-hmm. The hardest part was having to sit there and listen through the accounts of what exactly transpired during the sexual harassment. After about two months, I could not personally handle it anymore because uh, mentally I was depressed. Mm-hmm. Just listening to it on a daily basis. And of course, I fired some of my male employees who had committed that. You know, some people higher up, I had to fire them as well because they had committed this grievous, gruesome act. And then there were the customers who I also had to blacklist. Clients, mm-hmm. customers that I had to blacklist from the company. Yeah, this was a construction recruitment. It was a group of companies. So we had all kinds of sectors involved. But every client that we had that had tried this, we blacklisted them. You know, I had a conversation with them personally. Now, tell me, you don't have to personally speak about your problems or what you have been through in the workplace or elsewhere in life. You can always use a pseudonym to protect yourself saying, my friend has been through this. You know, you just just think about your own self as well. Have you guys heard of something like that uh, going on? And how has it been pre-Me Too and post-Me Too movement for you? Leisha, do you want to start? Yeah, sure. I mean, I don't think I have personally sort of faced that in the work context, fortunately. Um, not not in a sort of a gruesome way as such. Um, but yes, I did work for a, you know, a long time, majority of my career in the travel industry where it was a lot of travel, parties, events. You did see, you know, especially, um, and, you know, I don't want mean to be ageist or anything here, but my observation and purely my observation has been that you kind of see that um, in the older men uh, generation rather than the younger um, people my age um, seem to be obviously normal uh, in terms of their behavior or attitude or respect towards women, at least mine, what I've encountered but in some of those sort of like, I guess, events um, where it's sort of, you know, you're away from your families and networking conferences, you do see men kind of trying to take liberties, uh, especially when they see that there's a female colleague or an associate who's traveled on their own. And mm. especially in meetings and events and parties environments where everyone's having a drink or two, you do tend to sort of see a different side of some of these older men who are probably away from their families and wives for like you know a week or two at a time 
Um, and I just used to always kind of frustrate me the fact that they could, you know, feel like um, that they had any sort of a, a right or a, an ability to talk or even kind of insinuate right. some things. Um, but never sort of too upfront, but subtle. And that's just all frustrating because then because it's subtle, you can't really say something or right. like, you know, speak up or, or talk about it. Um, so that's been kind of my experience in, in sort of the tourism industry. Um, more so where I work now, I feel like it's really balanced. There's a lot of female um, bosses um, and, you know, and um, it's it's very balanced in terms of um career progression and things like that um there are one or two rotten apples maybe because again again i think men um my my company at the moment that where i work is actually predominantly very young company so it's all happy and respectful and friends but there are one or two maybe um newer people to the company who are probably a little bit older and like I, I don't mean older i just mean maybe like late 40s or 50s probably have been used to a certain way of work life kind of uh, attitude or whatever um probably less so in the monitored environment that we have now um passing comments or or saying things that is deemed inappropriate to anybody else. I think that's grown up in this kind of Me Too movement, or at least not. I don't say that Me Too movement, I think, what, two years ago. I wouldn't say it's like a cutoff of two years for me as such, but I think the younger generation in the 20s and 30s, at least in kind of the current contemporary, are more respectful, I feel, than when I've encountered men in their older sort of late 40s to 50s and above and i guess i don't know if that kind of also even in roger's case it's just probably that they've grown up in that through the environment or the time of where there was a significant uh imbalance in that and it had gotten it had gotten so unchecked for so long you know and um and the the sad the, the funny thing is for me personally, and I'm sure you both will agree with it. I don't care if Roger's character uh, culture or times that he grew up in allowed that. It's not okay. It does not matter yeah. if yeah. we have to be so definite when we say this, which is that I don't care. Because so, I have heard that before. I have heard that argument being used before. People have when when I decided to do this huge uproar in the cup. And remember, I was in my mid. 20s when I became the president of that company and uh, decided to do this upheaval and speak out against sexual harassment as the president and tell people we are going to take definite and um, serious action against perpetrators. People looked at me and said, you know, the older people in this company are used to a certain culture Mm -hmm. and you probably won't be able to change it. Mm. And um, um, this is before the Me Too movement. And that's why I keep stating that. Uh, that it was before pre-Me Too movement. And I kept telling all these older people that I don't care whose culture it is or if that was a norm back in the day. It was never the norm. You know, and there's the fact that they keep saying that it was the norm back in the day. You know, it's old dinosaur tricks. Mm. This is what el- el- older people, that's what they grew up with. No, but it doesn't make it okay. You know, does not make it okay. And that's what I kept saying to them. And um, luckily in that company, we had... The, the staff turnover rate, the employee turnover rate went, I think we got it down by 75% mm-hmm. during my time there. And that is a huge change. And I realized a lot of it had to do with them feeling safe. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I, I, to me, it was one of my achievements, but I could not help all of them. Because remember, the women that came forward for help 
the were the courageous ones that were wanting to talk about it. I'm sure there were others that could not talk about what happened to them. Mm. You know, so I have heard Weinstein's comment on this. I have heard other people's comments on this, and they have usually said it was a culture back then. Things were different. I don't care. It's it was never right. It was always wrong, and it's all it has always been disgusting. Yeah, it was never you know, okay. It was always right. So you're saying that obviously, and I understand you're saying that the younger guys seem to have more respect. Yeah, and don't seem to indulge in that, whereas the older colleagues might be more, uh, more lean, uh, more predatory. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, predatory. predatory is the right word. Yeah, predatory is the right yes. word. Right. Yeah. What just, about you? Just Lina? trying it on. I mean, I think obviously, yeah. Or... Well, do you, have you seen, Lena, a distinct difference between pre-Me Too and post-Me Too? Um, I wouldn't say I've seen any kind of difference, not in my sort of workplace, because um, in the sort of, um, in the well, in, in our department, especially in marketing, we have a lot of women directors and um, women managers. So it's predominantly women on our floor. And um, also I think our company does actually like provide a safe and respectful kind of environment for the women as well. So I haven't actually heard of any instances or cases um, other than one, which was dealt with quite swiftly because um, I just know that this department particularly had a manager that was just behaving slightly inappropriately with his, uh, with someone that reported, um, you know, to him, although it wasn't physical, it was like a verbal kind of harassment. Um, and then he, you know, he, he had to go basically um mm. so it was dealt with quite swiftly um but otherwise i think um in the workplace i mean i haven't personally come across across any um sort of harassment again like i said we've got like you know women directors and things i, I can't you know say whether in terms of like gender equality if they're paid you know um similar right. to their um, male counterparts in that sense but um yeah, as we're just talking about, obviously, harassment and respect in the workplace. I mean, in that instance, I haven't actually seen much. And um, I do right. I do agree with Leisha saying where, you know, younger people do generally seem to be a lot more aware and, um, yeah, a lot more respectful as well. Yeah, and remember, consent is the key word, mm-hmm. right? And I think, um, I, 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 for me, what I, as a uh, person who is speaking, I personally have never been through that sort of uh, predatory behavior from anybody. Mm. Uh, but I have seen it. I have seen it in multiple workplaces. I have worked for a philanthropic foundation, somebody else's philanthropic foundation in the past, where I saw it happen in the charity foundation, which shocked me. Mm. You know, and I became their protector. But then I moved on and became the president of this company where it was so difficult to speak up about these things and have speaking up for me is personally easy. But then to actually get a result, that was hard. Mm. And what I loved about the Me Too movement was that it made my life so much easier. Mm-hmm. My life where as a, uh, you know, one of the leaders of a company to be able to protect my employees and to make it a safer environment for them, it made my life much, much easier. I know the distinct cutoff point. Pre-Me Too movement, it was harder for me to be protective mm. and uh, ensure a safer environment post me to it was much easier for me personally as a president or as a leader of a company to ensure a safer environment for all genders to work in uh, so i personally and i credit i credit the me too movement with that and mm. it was so simple it was with two words it was with two words because remember sexual harassment has been going on for thousands of years yeah 
wherever there is a difference in hierarchy, wherever there's a difference in hi- a power hierarchy, you know, people keep telling, uh, I still remember uh, when I, I, I bought, I have been the editor-in-chief of Hollywood Insider and CEO for the past two, three years. And um, when I first came into it, they, people, and the Me Too movement was happening at the same time. And they told me like, you know, um, the Hollywood is going to burn down because of the Me Too movement. And I said, why? And they, they would say, because the Me Too movement is going to bring down Hollywood. And I go, mm. why would me, the whole, firstly, sexual harassment happens in every industry. Like Leisha rightly said, travel. Like mm. Lena has rightly said, travel industry. It happens in every, sexual harassment is not only common in Hollywood. It's common in every industry out there. It's common in banking. It's common in travel. It's also common in um, uh, residential, whatever there are, hotels, mm. uh, uh, law offices, government. Yeah, It's also common in the industry known as church, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. Or temples or mosques. Yeah. And Even more so. Also, right. And now let's not forget the main industry where it's the most common. The main industry where it is the most, sexual harassment is the most common is the industry called home. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. It's happening inside people's homes. Yeah, yeah. well, you know, and I mean, the, the, going back to the film, I guess this is where it starts, right? With the quote from Trump to say, you can't rape your, I, mean, I don't know if it's a quote from Trump, but Spouse. in that context anyway, you can't mm. rape your wife or you can't rape your partner. You absolutely can. Again, the whole consent, um, it, the word is so critical, right? And crucial. Um, it's that concept right. that men probably have had. And maybe, you know, it probably in some cases goes the other way too, it's not just men. Uh, maybe there are cases where women have uh, taken on that role. But in any case, yeah. Um, yeah, because it's it's unregulated, right? So I guess it's even more um, dangerous. Right. And, it's not, and remember, when I say home, I just don't mean between a married mm-hmm. couple. I mean an adult sexual harassing the child. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, so that's what I mean more. So, yes, 100% married mm. couples, mm. but also sexual harassment, and sexual abuse of children mm-hmm. inside their homes. Mm. So that is, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, sexual harassment is not only common in Hollywood. It's common in every industry out there, including mm-hmm. the home. Also, remember, um, uh, you know, Hollywood is just a canvas for us to see what is going on in the larger world out yeah. there. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, in the larger yeah, world absolutely. out there. It just shows you what's going on. Apart, yes, It just highlights even it the, even more. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Even the most fantastical science fiction movies, um, uh, alien movies, still have some semblance of current human culture in it. In E.T., we saw this divorced family who was coping with their missing dad. Right? And this child became friends mm-hmm. with E.T., uh, be it Star-, Star Wars, it's all about unity and loyalty and good against bad. So Hollywood is nothing but a canvas to show us what's going yeah. on in the world. And I think what I love... Sometimes through yeah. metaphors. Right, sometimes. And go no, ahead. No, sorry. Um, no, I was just going back to saying, yeah, absolutely. And I think they gave it the voice. Hollywood gave it the voice and the and the mic, uh, uh, I guess, a light that needed to be shone the upon attention, it. Yeah. Um, but I think what's also very genius about Me Too is that those, as you say, two words... But those two words put together gives a sense of community and me too, right. as if I am not alone. 
And I think that's what, right. um, even if coming back to the film again, it's again like Shari's heroine's character is like, oh, were there others too? Mm. Margot Robbie saying, oh, right. you ha- you went through it too. Like, you know, it that then makes it, I mean, it doesn't make it better, yeah. but obviously you're a part of something and then it probably gives you that strength to then speak up. So those are very genius two words put together to make it as simple but mm. as powerful right. as it can be. Um, because it's a sense of community. Right. Because I think alone, people don't speak up, can't speak up, um, have so many yeah, thoughts going on uh, in yeah, their heads to be able to speak up. Yeah, they're, right. they're scared of losing their jobs. They blame themselves, you know, themselves. Multiple they're reasons. embarrassed. Like so many mm-hmm. different things. Yeah, exactly. Right, and I, and I personally am. So, a lot of times people have also told me because remember I work in an industry which is Hollywood. And I have people of all ages. And like yourselves, I do see a stark difference between viewpoints on this Me Too movement between men of an old age and men of a younger age. Now, again, I don't want to just make this about men. There are perpetrators and predators that are females mm. as well. 100%. Certainly. You know, like I said, as, as long as there is a hierarchy, which is powerful, less powerful, or weaker, there has been com- constant um, sexual harassment I think, but then even the women that that enable it or facilitate it, for instance, coming back to the film Bombshell, um, Roger Ailes, PA, like almost recruiting for him in a way, like, you know, managing his his coming Mm. and going. A a woman portrayed of an older age again as well. Again, we're not coming back to age necessarily, but, you know, you'd think that'd be somebody that would want to protect young women in the uh, in that industry or in that company from that behavior but kind of putting a blind eye enabling it um so many others in the in the companies almost um not believing or being against the women that chose to speak up being very um un uh, empathetic uh is, yeah like is, uh is another again is just as bad as committing the crime is is to facilitate and and let it be and turn a blind eye against it yeah because once once right. um charlie's character speaks out like she has colleagues that don't even talk to her because they're like how could you do this like rogers you know we need to be team roger this and that and um right yeah it's um and also yeah just encouraging it saying don't complain you know you lose your job you know, if you, uh, right. it's it's like, you know, it's just because they're powerful. If you just ignore it, it's going to go away. That kind of attitude, you know, it's, yeah, it's not helpful. And it's, women yeah, have fueled like, that like too, movie. you know, in, in many mm. places. So, yeah. Right. For me, for me, what is the hardest, like even now with Hollywood Insider, I make it so clear to my entire team that make sure you have respect for each other. You know, sexual harassment is not and will never be tolerated. Mm. Um, at all in our company ever and um, consent is big and it has to be consent between equal people right not someone who can give you a job Mm. and someone who's looking for a job that's not really I don't really call that Mm -hmm. consent Mm. that is still sexual harassment even though the person said yes Um, there is a underlying kind of reasoning behind it yeah yeah yeah, and I and I personally uh, am that upsets me Mm. and oftentimes what I've heard is you know there are people that I've spoken to, uh, of, of that, uh, that have told me, oh, so why are these women coming? We've uh, lost you, you on the sound. Lost. Didn't hear you. Uh, Just give me one yeah, second. Yeah, you disappeared. one second. I have to. Disconnected. Mm, you're okay now. One second. I just have to. I just got a call. That's why. Oh, okay. Um, so what happened for me was that, you know, can you guys still hear me? 
Um, mm-hmm. What happened yeah. was that people kept saying to me, uh, you know, why, why are these women coming out now? Why 15 years later or six years later or five years later? And my answer is simple. It is up to them. It is up to them when mm. they would like to come out with their own story. I am not going to blame them for that because I don't know how scared they might have been. I don't know if they had, might have worried mm-hmm. that they might lose their job or even further, they might be harassed even further for coming out with a story. Or what if they had no proof? Mm. True. And yeah, all of those cause... reasons. Yeah. Um, and also they might have, you know, you can't just because of the passing time, you can't discredit their experience. You can't discredit that they actually went through this um, because it may have taken them that long to get um, process it, to come to terms with it. Self-loathing, um, self-harm, um, confusion, disgust right. in self. And also fear. And also are, fear. Our emotions right. that we And also fear. fear. And also yeah. truly thought that no one can help them. You know, so I personally won't question any yeah. of these women and, or men yeah. that have been victims or children that mm. come out later with the story or, you know, to reveal their truth later because it's up to them. They've already been through so much. Now, who am I? Who, who are we as spectators yeah. to say, oh, why did you talk about it earlier? No, it's up to them. I mean, it's as simple as that for me. Mm. Yeah, and it's also like when more and more people come out, then it just gives them the confidence that, okay, if she's doing it, I'll do it right, as well. Right, and there's so again, safety the move, in numbers. Yeah, yeah. And also that scene um, in the film itself between Rudy and um, her boss. I can't remember his name now. Bill um, O'Reilly. In the, yeah, right. in the Is in it? the restaurant where... Oh, right, the other where, one, you know, yes. Yeah, so Rudy. Like, she's obviously, like, speaking up for him, for herself. Like, when her boss says, oh, I'd like you to show me your hotel room. Like, you know, she says, you know, as, as, as right. much as I want this, I can't do this. And she, but at the back of her head, she's thinking, oh, like, you know, blame yourself. Try and say, oh, I'm sorry and I if I gave you this kind of, you know, led you on kind of thing. How they showed her yeah, what she was it just portrayed her. what she was thinking. Mm. Yes. Yeah, and exactly. it was thinking, so like, yeah, done, you know? creep. Like, no. But, you know, I <laughs> yeah, have respect absolutely. for you too. And she was like, oh, no, like, F, like, this is horrible. Mm. She's going to, mm. he's going to ruin my career. And she did. She yeah. lost her career. The other exactly. Person, yeah, and she was, yeah, she was fired. And, like, you know, with all the stories that are shared in the film itself, like, you know, although they weren't at fault, they did, you know, it did impact their careers, right. you know. All it's of just, them. And yeah, again, unfair. I personally do not agree with mm. all of uh, Megan Kelly's personal viewpoints and views and values because she is quite a polarizing figure, according to me, in the American media. Mm. And she seems to be, um, uh, and Charlie said the same thing. You know, Charlie said, I don't agree with Mermaid and Kelly on her viewpoints and values about the world and politics and all that because she's quite a polarizing figure. But I am thankful mm-hmm. that, and I, 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 mm. I second what Charlie said, which is I, I, I am think, appreciate that she spoke up against Roger, against Roger Ailes. Mm. The other part yeah. about that entire, um, do you remember the scene where, uh, Margot Robbie says, Margot Robbie, right. Why didn't you speak you know, up and then, before? And then Charlie the says something mm-hmm. and Margot goes, no, it's, it's, I can't protect you. It's not my job. And, and then she says, it is all of our jobs to protect each other. You know, and yeah. I, I, that mm-hmm. is exactly mm-hmm. what I'm talking about. 
Yeah, that that yeah that scene was. Yes, yeah, she says, really like it is good, all of our yeah. jobs, and it is up to all of us to protect each other." Um, tell me what you thought about because um, mm. there's so many characters in this movie, and we can't go through every single one of them because they were equally brilliant. But Lena, if I had to ask you one or two scenes mm. that were the most powerful for you, which ones were they? Powerful, uh, tearsome, mm. or scary? Whatever. What are the two scenes? Be it scary, powerful, profound, whatever, or uh, disgusting that made the most impact on you? Mm, I think the most impactful, like I said, the scene between Rudy and her boss, how she carried herself, what she said, and that scene, and also when uh, when you're actually shown what the harassment is, basically Kayla going into um, Roger's office, and like you know, she being so excited that she's a, she's actually getting to to meet this um, you know big man, and uh, thinking it's like a job interview, but then him then asking her to like get up and twirl for her and then it's slowly kind of unfolding that was like you know very cringy and um yeah i i, I, I was i was moment. shocked like you know the entire it was heartbreaking mm, mm, from mm. the top yeah yeah so the, those yeah so those two scenes like you know all the confusion and things that she's going through she's like oh my god do i do this i really want want to move ahead but like you know all the things that she's not saying but is thinking and like you know in her kind of shows it in her face I thought that was really really powerful yeah I think yeah for me too I think that um that scene where he's like yeah hire hire her face Mm. where she goes from trying to be cooperative to this is not right to can I change how this is do anything different um all of that um I think that was what scene was that but also um that scene where she's the same actually, thing. He's, he's asked yes, for, yes, for yes. her yeah. um, yep. dress up higher, mm-hmm. like her mm-hmm. her eyes stayed all. So like with each higher, she's like at first she was like, okay, you know, you want to see my legs or you want to see how it looks and da da. da. She twirls, mm-hmm. but she knows that it's weird. Mm-hmm. But then she wasn't expecting. But I think with every moment he says higher and higher, her eyes are just like, whoa, like I'm not ready for this. This is not right. But mm-hmm. also at the same time, I guess she doesn't feel powerful or confident confident enough to speak up in front of this character who's obviously it's the first time she's meeting him right and he's obviously there's the second floor um roger mm. um the other the other couple of um scenes that stuck with me were um when she's going in for the second time so she knows what she's going in for but she almost looks to her friend um, you know, um, what's Kate McKinnon, right? The friend that she sleeps with, Kate McKinnon character, mm. almost mm. for like comfort. But then the friend needs to sort of look away and mind her own business because she can't get involved with this. Um, and then obviously, you know, I guess that scene kind of following on, and then them all, all three of them being in the lift at the in same the time um, with Nicole Kidman's character. Really. Mm seeing margot robbie's character go inside and kind of turning to the pa saying that's right. still going on yeah um you know and then obviously that's mm-hmm. sort of like everybody knows but no one's saying anything um mm-hmm. yeah so that kind of all that i guess that i think that was a couple of minutes long that scene sort of all of that was just sort of right. really profound for me um mm-hmm. again that scene in the elevator was used as their first mm-hmm. teaser when they sent um um when when they sent over the trailer for us to publish on Hollywood Insider, that was the first teaser we received with three of them in the elevator. I thought it was the best trailer mm-hmm. I had ever seen in my entire life because nothing was given away. It was just these three women inside the elevator, all looking at each other, mm-hmm. but not being able to reach out for help. But they all know what they're suffering through. Mm-hmm. 
and the colors that was used in mm-hmm. the you know um uh Nicole and Charlie's are always shown in brighter colors whereas uh Margot is always shown in darker colors and i loved that difference and that elevator mm-hmm. scene was excruciating you know with the background score and, and Nicole mm-hmm. looking at Charlie Charlie's looking at Margot Margot looking at Nicole and the three of them not saying anything but not really I saying anything to each other the best yeah best trailer i have ever seen in my entire life it made me so excited for the film yeah so that was a very powerful moment for me and i mm. completely second uh, what um lena said you know her excitement that she's going to get promoted and then there she goes and she's being like heartbreaking mm. completely heartbreaking and uh mm. which again mm. i remember that scene too uh lisha where you said you know he calls and he says uh can you come up and then margot goes oh you would like me to come up now oh okay right now and you can hear the fear and she looks towards kate mckinnon's car- uh character for help but kate cannot do anything she rightfully says you know mm-hmm. i'm a lesbian at fox news what do you think i can do for you and it was so mm-hmm. heartbreaking to watch kate's character getting scared and looking away and then uh margot's character going okay you want me to come up now okay i'm going to come up all right i'm going to see you in a little bit oh my heart just mm-hmm. sank the other uh, powerful uh, mm. part of the entire story for me as well was when you know uh, they win the case and they have made it and then you see um, you see uh, charlie's and nicole's car- uh, characters megan kelly and gretchen carlson face each other on the streets oh, yeah. and they say yeah. nothing to each other but they know but they but they know That's what they're right. mm. a recognition it's just a recognition yeah you know and mm. i just yeah. thought it was profound i was like wow this is exactly movies like um bombshell needs to be made cuz it is a needed point yeah yeah, yeah there were there were a lot of things that were unsaid but just you know you kind of knew what they were thinking right, so that right, was the right. powerful thing yeah sure. you know what i would like mm-hmm. to see i mean obviously charlie's the own produced this um this film i am um, jennifer anderson and reese witherspoon were executive producers of a uh, morning show i'd love to be able to see where an actor takes up also this responsibility to expose some of these realities as well um because i feel like yes women are doing it more and more so now kudos right but love to be able to see i guess the other side also kind of taking some initiative on these um kind of exposés or at least accounts they, they, of, there of are, these things there going are. on you might, because you're from a different field you might not have heard of them but uh rose mcgowan mm-hmm. rose mcgowan mm-hmm. uh she was a big force in the me too movement uh do you know who rose mcgowan is mm-hmm. so no, she was one of the people uh that worked very closely for the me too movement and she's an actress and uh ever since her there were other actresses that came out and spoke about the things that they have went went through as well now, i mean i mm. want actors i, I meant I, male. I want male mm. actors to also produce ah, films okay. that now expose this okay, okay, kind okay. of yes yes, yes. Yeah. So you're talking about yeah. um, the male mm-hmm. uh, producers directors just kind right, of back right, right. those stories that are like, I don't feel like yeah women yeah mm. I don't feel like it should just be when women women um, actresses or powerful women it. take the you know the, how, right. are hounding it and, mm. and producing it also need these stories to be told with the backing of male right. producers right, too right. why not they should be taking the and initiative I completely agree. Well. and again the uh, me too movement is not just limited to women it's limited it's for the safety, sake sake mm-hmm. of humanity and human race as a total Mm. as a complete group yeah. right yeah so i completely agree with you um, you know for me i 
definitely during this time when we're all self-isolating, I think everyone should watch um, Bombshell. What do you guys think? Mm. Yeah, definitely. Yep, same, it's yeah. worth a watch. What about you, Alicia? People should watch. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Watch it. You know, I guess make your own kind of uh, inferences in terms of how the how the film and the scenes make you feel. Um, and it does bring, I guess, parallels to most people's, if not obviously in a in a kind of a film or a, a TV show kind of environment. Then most people, if not even in a work context, have probably faced something or know someone that's faced something in a, in a real life, social life, home life situations. Um, so it does kind of make you think, I think definitely the film is, is worth a shot right. in that sense. We have about one more minute left. I mm. just wanted to touch upon two minutes left. Uh, I just want to touch upon the fact that um, the uh, success behind stories like this, why I believe that it resonates with people, the success of the bombshell and success of um, the morning show is because there are countless people out there who have been through things like these. And when they watch movies like these, it empowers them to first. It makes them feel that they know that they're not alone. They're not by themselves. And number two, mm. that there is a world out there that is doing something. Would you say that too? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And high time too. But yeah, it's happening. Right. Surely. And again, um, you know, it's important for not just the makers, but also people like us that talk about these matter to use any platform that we have to continue talking about this to make sure that more voices can be added because there's no because there are people out there that mm. go you know like oh the meeting woman has gone too far and i my answer is like okay, we've had thousands and thousands of years of sexual harassment and we've had two to three years of the meeting movement mm. we have not even gone mm. close enough yet no, I feel like the only thing that's gone too far is what's called right. the movement. So, you know. Right, which is the abuse exactly. of power. Yeah. And, and I didn't just mean like heads yeah. of studios. And, I mean, abuse of power can be a manager in a store and his rece- receptionist. Mm. For sure, you know. yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's just a yeah. sickness. It's just... Yeah, yeah. and it's sickness it and it's also away. the opposite of kindness. And the uh, just uh, thinking that you can have mm. your way and not have to pay for it. Not have to be hurt by it. Yeah, because he did, you know, he did make their careers, but then, you know, it's almost feeling like, oh, but, you know, I do this, so you do this for me, you know, just making it, yeah, right. transactional. For me, and, this uh, is what I would like to yeah. leave this podcast <coughs> right, with, cool. is saying that a long time ago, someone said to me, you know, you have to be brave to follow your dreams. Women have to be brave to follow their dreams. And I remember stopping them and saying, like, no, I don't think women need to be brave to follow their dreams it should be easy for them to follow their dreams. Mm. When you say brave, and they meant like they need to be brave about these kind of things. And I'm just like, no, we should have a mm-hmm. situation or a mm. uh, culture where women do not have to be brave to follow their dreams. They can just follow their dreams without any bravery. That's what I've got to say about that. All right. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you so yeah, much, yeah, Alicia. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Lena. Um, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. It's we'll been catch a pleasure. All, everybody else very soon again. And we'll talk to you soon. All right, Alicia. All, All right, right, Gina, thank, thank you. you. Take care. Right. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to our podcast. The written version of this article can also be found on HollywoodInsider.com. Subscribe to our podcast and also subscribe to our YouTube channel at YouTube.com slash HollywoodInsiderTV. 
follow us on our social media. We will be back next time with more thought-provoking features.